This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Monday. Hope you had a great day at church yesterday. Um, we had a smaller than normal crowd at Frenchtown Community Church. It was uh, 10 degrees below zero as I pulled the car into the parking lot yesterday morning, <laughs> about 10 minutes before Sunday school started. Um so quite a few people, it seems, stayed home for that. Uh, and I don't know how things were at your church, but uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful time with those who were there. Um, and to those of you who didn't come to church yesterday because it was too cold, you know, shame on you. It was warm in the building. <laughs> you could have made it. Um, I was speaking to one lady that sits right behind us. And uh, she said, yeah, it's, she lives too close to the church. Her car didn't warm up <laughs> between coming home, coming from her house to the church. And, uh, of course, we drive about 40 miles, so it's not, uh, not that big a deal for us. It's plenty warm <laughs> by the time we get there. But you can see that I have the uh, flannel out today. It is 15 below zero here in the Piney Woods. Headed for a high today of five um, and looking forward to actually getting above freezing by Wednesday. We're going to have a high of, I think, 35 on Wednesday and then up in the 40s on Friday. Um, so we got some snow coming and then we got some rain coming on top of the snow. It's just going to be one of those, one of those weeks. Um, we still have one faucet frozen. Did not leave the uh, master bathroom sink open, which I should have done. And it is on an outside wall and it's actually on the windward side of the house. So it got that cold wind blowing right against that end of the house and it froze that the pipe going to the master bathroom sink. Now the, the tub, it flows the shower flows, the water to the toilet flows, but it's the sink. And uh, it's obviously under the floor because it's plenty warm under the cabinet. We've got it, uh, got a, got the valve open and got a, a little space heater under the cabinet, cleaned everything out, put it in cardboard boxes and and have warmed up the underneath the cabinet. But the, the I think the... Uh, the blockage of the pipe is below the, the floor. So I'm, I'm praying that it, it doesn't split the pipe when it thaws, um, which would be a really bad thing because then we'd have to spend money, which we are averse to doing, um, as you can imagine. So uh, hopefully it will not uh, cause damage to the pipe. When it, uh, any damage has already been done. Um, it just presents itself when the pipe thaws out. Um, I've dealt with busted pipes before and it's not fun. Um, so hopefully that's not going to happen. Rest of the water system's fine. Like I said, the, I had plenty of hot water in the shower this morning. Everything was great. Um, the humidity in the house is really low. It's about 16%. So that's that's not a good thing. We we need to get the humidity up in here. Um and and we do not actually have a humidifier. Um that's one of those things that a lot of people around here invest in because it's dry in the winter. Um but uh, I do have yeah, bottles of hand lotion all over the house. <laughs> Every room has some hand lotion on it because all of a sudden you're like, oh man, my hand's dry and cracky. And I've got Carmex everywhere for my lips. <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, 
Yeah, winter has set in. It uh, We had a really mild fall, really mild December. We had a, a brown Christmas. And then all of a sudden we've got Arctic temperatures. Um, we've always had, I, I remember growing up, January was always the Arctic month with, you know, a couple of weeks of sub-zero temperature, 15, 20 below weather. Um, and it, it cycles. It, it's, it's, you know, we had, it, it was really cold when I was in junior high and high school in January. And then in my 20s, it didn't get that cold. And then in my 30s, it got that cold. And then in my 40s, it didn't get that cold. Now I'm in my late 50s, and it's getting that cold again. It's just, it's cyclical. Weather is cyclical. Um, yeah, I, I, the whole climate change hoax, when you consider the fact that they used to grow wine grapes in northern England, which is much too cold today to have wine vineyards. Um, it's been much warmer in the past. So, you know, everybody's all in a panic. Um, and everybody's all in a panic because it is the eschatology, the end times doctrine of the religion of materialistic, uh, rational materialism. Um, and so it's a religious dogma. Um, as they, they have their eschatology includes three things mass overpopulation, which isn't happening, man caused climate change, which isn't happening, and Earth being smacked by a giant asteroid, which hasn't happened yet. So we will uh, leave that there. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. 15th of January. Wow. Halfway through the month of January. We are, we are, we are flying into the new year with uh, all jets at full throttle. What do we got coming up today? We have our scripture reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it's Monday, so we've got Monday meanderings. Got a few things to talk about this morning. Let us begin, as is our practice, with the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, 
which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, my ear monitor uh, cord has caught up. It doesn't slide on flannel. And there is Fiona the mouse getting a drink of water. So she's probably feeling dry as well. Yeah, there's my little mouse. All right, our scripture reading today is Genesis 24 and Psalm 24. Genesis 24. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and Yahweh had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who ruled over all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by Yahweh, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my land and to my kin and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I indeed take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware, lest you take my son back there. Yahweh, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kin, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your seed I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master, and he went with all kinds of good things of his master's in his hand. So he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when the women go out to draw water. And he said, O Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, please cause this to happen before me today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will give water to your camels to drink also. May she be the one whom you have decided for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. And before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, was coming out with her jar on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful in appearance, a virgin, and no man had known her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she hurried and emptied her jar into the watering channel and ran again to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether Yahweh had made his journey successful or not. Now it happened that when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing ten shekels in gold and said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me. Is there a place for us to lodge in your father's house? And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. And she said to him, We have plenty of both straw and feed and a place to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshipped Yahweh, and he said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, Yahweh has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran outside to meet the man at the spring. Now it happened when he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard the words of Rebekah his sister, saying, This is what the man said to me, he came out to the man, and behold, 
He was standing by the camels at the spring. And he said, Come in, blessed of Yahweh. Why do you stand outside, since I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man came into the house. Then Laban unloaded the camels, and he gave straw and feed to the camels, and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have spoken my words. And he said, Speak. So he said, I am Abraham's servant, and Yahweh has greatly blessed my master. So he has become great, and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold, and male slaves and female slaves and camels and donkeys. Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him all that he has. And my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. Then I said to my master, Suppose the woman does not follow me. And he said to me, Yahweh, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you and will make your journey successful, and you will take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my relatives. Now if they do not, agree, if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. So I came today to the spring and said, O Yahweh, God of my master Abraham, if now you will make my journey on which I go successful, behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw to whom I say, Please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she will say to me, You drink, and I will draw for your camels also. She is the woman whom Yahweh has decided upon for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah was coming out with her jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew. And I said to her, Please give me a drink. Then she hurried and lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give water to your camels to drink. So I drank, and she also gave water to the camels to drink. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom milk bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed low and worshipped Yahweh, and I blessed Yahweh, the God of my master Abraham, who had guided me in the true way to take the daughter of my master's relative for his son. So now, if you are going to show loving kindness and truth with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The matter comes from Yahweh, so he cannot speak to you good or bad. Behold, Rebekah is before, before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as Yahweh has spoken. Now it happened that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before Yahweh. The servant brought out articles of silver and articles of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. And they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, or even ten. Afterwards she will go. And he said to them, Do not delay me, since Yahweh has made my way successful. Send me away, that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the young woman and ask about her wishes. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Thus they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands, and may your seed possess the gates of those who hate him. Then Rebekah arose with her young woman, and they mounted the camels and went after the man. So the servant took Rebekah and went. Now Isaac had come from going to Bear Lahoi Roy, for he was living in the land of the Negev. And Isaac went out to muse in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes and saw Isaac and dismounted from the camel. Then she said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, He is my master. Then she took her veil and covered herself. 
And the servant recounted to Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now Psalm 24. Of David, a psalm. The earth is Yahweh's as well as its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the mountain of Yahweh, and who may rise in his holy place? He who has innocent hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to worthlessness, and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall lift up a blessing from Yahweh, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Pay heed, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? Yahweh, strong and mighty, Yahweh, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift yourselves up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? Yahweh of hosts, he is the King of glory. Selah. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Today's devotional is Seeking God's Kingdom First. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 6.33 Dr. MacArthur writes, When Christians think like the world and crave things in the world, they will worry like the world. Because a mind not focused on God is a mind that is caused to worry. The faithful, trusting, and reasonable Christian is anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, lets his requests be made known to God. Philippians 4.6 The antidote to worry that results in contentment is to make God and his kingdom your priority. Jesus is saying, rather than seeking and worrying about food, drink, and clothing like unbelievers do, focus your attention and hopes on the things of the Lord, and he will take care of all your needs. Seeking God's kingdom means losing ourselves in obedience to the Lord and pouring out our lives in the eternal work of our Heavenly Father. To seek God's kingdom is to seek to win people into that kingdom, that they might be saved and God might be glorified. We are also to seek his righteousness. Instead of longing after the things of this world, we ought to hunger and thirst for the things of the world to come, which are characterized above all else by God's perfect righteousness and holiness. We not only are to have heavenly expectations, but also holy lives. What sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. Ask yourself, seeking first the kingdom can be little more than a mental slogan for us until we define what this means in real life everyday terms. Spend some time today focusing on what a kingdom priority looks like at home, at work, at church, at the gym, at the market, in all the places your routine takes you. Spend some time today focusing on what a kingdom priority looks like at home, at work, at church, at the gym, at the market, in all the places your routine takes you. I had to repeat that. Good stuff this morning. All right. It is Monday. That means it's Monday Meanderings. And today is a federal holiday. Today is Martin Luther King Day. And it happens that this Martin Luther King Day actually falls upon Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> you know, like all federal holidays, these are all moved to the nearest Monday so that uh, a, a three-day weekend can be enjoyed. When I was a little lad, we actually celebrated both Washington's and Lincoln's birthday now we have a three-day weekend called President's Day in February. Um, so federal holidays have to come with a three-day weekend. It's 
one of the rules written somewhere. So this is Martin Luther King Day. I would point you toward an article at G3 that Virgil Walker published today. Um, good stuff on Martin Luther King pointing out that, you know, here's the thing about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was not a Christian. Yes, I know he was a Baptist pastor. But he denied the Trinity. He denied the deity of Christ. He denied the virgin birth. He denied the bodily resurrection of Christ. He was a 20th century liberal theologian, meaning he rejected the truth of the Bible. But he spearheaded and championed the civil rights movement. And that was not a bad thing. So despite all of his flaws, God used Martin Luther King in a mighty way. Um, God uses unbelievers <laughs> to do things just as he uses believers to do things because God is sovereign and he causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So believer, unbeliever, everything ultimately advances God's purposes and is for our good and his glory. And thus was the life of Martin Luther King. He was a notorious womanizer. He was not faithful to his wife um, and, and certainly was not a Christian. Um, but he championed the civil rights movement at a time when it needed championing. It was something that needed doing. And he became the face of it, at least in the early days. Um, and he, his, his, uh, he, he was very peaceful in his demonstrations. He did not, I was going to say he didn't cause trouble. He did cause trouble, but he didn't cause trouble violently. Um, he was, you know, peaceful. What was, what's the, the phrase that it, it's, you know, civil disobedience. He, he refused to obey laws that he found unjust but at the same time, he accepted the penalty for it. So, you know, when he broke a law, he knew he was going to be arrested and put in jail. And he didn't fight against that. He quietly went to jail. But today's civil rights movement is not the civil rights movement of Martin Luther King. DEI and identity politics are antithetical to the ideals of the civil rights movement that Martin Luther King championed. His most famous speech, the I Have a Dream speech, which was given in August of 1968 on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. That famous speech, and it's a good speech, he was a fantastic orator. That speech is antithetical to the modern DEI movement. Um, when we look at people like Harvard professor and former Harvard president, Claudine Gale, or Claudine Gay, she was chosen for her position because of her, that she was a black woman. That was her criteria. It certainly wasn't academic. You know, her, her academic works have been torpedoed in recent weeks. Um, she was a plagiarist. Um, you know, quite if, if, if Harvard was an honest broker, her doctorate would be revoked um, because she plagiarized her dissertation. Um, she has hardly any published works especially not the kind of published works you would expect from a major university professor. So, you know, she does not embody the ideals of Martin Luther King expressed in the I Have a Dream speech. Let's look at that just a minute. Part of that speech, he says, Let us not wallow in the valley of despair, I say to you today, my friends, 
he rejected victim mentality. Don't wallow in despair. Don't sit there thinking, woe is me, I'm so disadvantaged because I'm a minority. He says, even though we face difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. And it is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. He did not see America as antithetical to his ideals. Indeed, he saw America as embodying his ideals, although imperfectly. He says, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its, of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. So he was espousing equality. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. Do you think the descendants of slaves influenced by modern DEI philosophy are ready to embrace the sons of former slave owners as brothers? No, they want reparations. They're demanding that people that never owned slaves pay money to people who were never owned as slaves. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. And then the, the, the line that, that really points out how DEI is not what the civil rights movement was about. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. So think about Claudine Gay. Here was a woman who was chosen to be president of a major university, if not the major university in the United States. Harvard University. She was chosen on the basis of the color of her skin and her biological sex. That's the basis for choosing her. Not because she was the best person to be president. Not because she has all these academic credentials. Because she doesn't. And she wasn't and she isn't. She was not judged by the content of her character. She's a plagiarist. Plagiarism is lying. Plagiarism is theft. You're taking the ideas and words of someone else and presenting them as your own. That's not a display of good character. She was judged by the color of her skin, and that is what the modern DEI, identity politics, um, the whole... Uh, I'm trying, I can't even think of the name. Uh, <laughs> drawing a blank. I didn't put it in my notes. I, should, I need to write stuff down maybe. Um, but the, the whole philosophy that is driving, quote unquote, the civil rights movement, the whole woke agenda is based on race. It's one of the most racist philosophies to ever be embraced by large percentage of Americans. You know, um, you know, people like Ibram X. Kendi, who wants to be known as an anti-racist, is extremely racist. And, and so this is a historic day in thinking about the fact that the entire civil rights movement has been abandoned. It has been co-opted. And now, that co-opting began long ago. Um, I think about Jesse Jackson and, and uh, Al Sharpton, who turned the civil rights movement into a shakedown strategy to uh, intimidate and extort companies into giving them money, um, which 
which reached that, that, that whole thing reached its pinnacle with the Black Lives Matter movement. The Black Lives Matter movement took in, I think, over a billion dollars in the summer of 2020. And Black Lives Matter as an organization is broke. But the leaders of Black Lives Matter are living in fine houses and driving expensive automobiles and dressed in expensive clothing because they extorted people into giving, they guilted people into giving money to the organization that they then siphoned off all that money. And, and it was a scam and it was a, it was a ripoff from day one. And the entire basis of that ripoff was the death of a man who died while in police custody, but died from a fentanyl overdose. Um, and, and it just, it's a, it's a, it's a shame. This, the whole Black Lives Matter thing was built on a lie and it was purely for extortion. And we had a summer of rage and fires and everything all across the country. It was horrible. And, and it wasn't that long ago. And you remember it and I do. And the same people now are all pro-Palestinians. They were trying to break down the fences into the White House last night or yesterday. Um, lawlessness is, is growing great. Um, and I say all of this as we are now full swing into the next presidential election cycle. The Iowa caucuses are today, the actual kickoff of the 2024 primaries for the first time since we've been arguing about, uh, um, you know, who's going to be the nominee for the Republican Party since we've been discussing all of this. Tonight, for the first time, we'll have actual results that we can point to, not just poll numbers. We'll have an apportionment of delegates to the Republican convention. So this is the actual kickoff of the primary season. Um, all the polls say Donald Trump is going to win big. We'll have to wait and see. Now, it's I understand it's Tim Below in Iowa. Uh, they're they're kind of enjoying the same little Arctic blast that we are here in Montana, even though further east and further south. So it's going to be the, the, we're, the I think we're going to see not only who is the most popular, but who has the most dedicated people to show up for the caucus tonight um, or today. I, Caucuses are weird. They're not like you, it's not like an election day where you just go cast a vote. You actually have to go to your precinct caucus and participate. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of a weird group event thing. Um, and, and I don't fully understand it, not having ever participated in a caucus format. So it's not, it's, it's a little bit different than a primary election. Um, it's, 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 it's the same sort of thing, but a different animal. <laughs> it is a group of people getting together and voicing their opinion, but it's done in a, in a, shall I say, bizarre way. Um, but that is today and, uh, it is the, the actual start of the 2024 primary season. So by tonight, by tomorrow, we'll see how it shakes out and who comes out victorious in the Hawkeye Cockeye, the, the Iowa caucuses. That's, that's tonight. And then the NFL playoffs have started. Wild Card Weekend ends tonight. I very much enjoyed the Lions' victory last night. Um, and even more so, I enjoyed the Cowboys' loss yesterday afternoon. Um, I am not a Cowboys fan. There are two times that I will cheer for the Cowboys. I will cheer for the Cowboys if they're playing the Patriots. And I will cheer for the Cowboys if they're playing the Broncos. Because those are the two teams that I hate the most. But the Cowboys are number three. 
when the Broncos and the Patriots play, I'm trying to figure out strategies how they can both lose. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I want people to get hurt and careers to end. And I, I do not like those teams. No, I'm not really, I don't pray imprecatory prayers against football teams or football players. Um, and heavens, if Bill Belichick ends up as the, uh, Cowboys new new head coach that would just be a very interesting I don't know who I'd hate it wouldn't I don't know if it could make me hate the Cowboys more and I have friends that are dear dear friends who love the Cowboys hi Tom uh, who know that I do not like the Cowboys so I I am very uh thankful for my uh Friends who are Cowboys fans, even as I totally detest their team. Um, so we got two games today. We got the Buffalo Bills and the uh, um, Pittsburgh Steelers this afternoon. And then what's the game tonight? I know the Pittsburgh game. I got to move this. This is just messing me up. This is going to hang down in front of me now today. Uh, keeps getting caught on the collar. I don't normally wear collars. And uh, so my, my ear monitor is, is messing with me, and I don't like that. Every time I turn my head, it's yanking on my ear. So that's going to hang down in front of me now. Um, got the, the cord here. So, um, yeah, so let me, let me look real quick who the, the game is tonight. Um, I should know. I know I looked at it. This, this is me and my memory. This is part of my dyslexia. I have no rote memory at all. <laughs> it seems like I can't remember details. Um, I can remember some details, but not other details. It's just a strange thing. But the Buffalo game got moved from Saturday. Was it Saturday or Sunday? I'm not sure. It got moved because of lake effect snow. Okay, we have the Steelers and the Bills this afternoon, and then we have the Eagles and Bucks tonight. Um, so, uh, games in Buffalo, New York, and Tampa Bay, Florida. So it's going to be a uh, going to be a good night. Now it's really interesting that the Eagles are the number five seed, and the Buccaneers are the number four seed. Excuse me. Even though the Eagles have an eleven and six record, and the Bucks have a nine and eight record, so I think the Eagles are probably favored to win tonight. But we'll see. The Eagles, the Eagles seem to have peaked early. Their last few games were not all that impressive. Um, whereas at the middle of the season, they were, pardon the pun, for a team named after a bird, they were flying high. But their performance seems to have dropped off. So it, they may have peaked early. Um, we'll have to watch and see how the game goes tonight. Although I won't be watching because it's a new semester starting. And uh, actually, I will be watching. Game starts at 6.15. My class ends at 6.30. Um, new semester at uh, Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And I will be taking a preaching class from Josh Bice that begins tonight. So uh, begins this afternoon. That'll be 4.30 to 6.30 my time, which is 6.30 to 8.30 Atlanta time where Josh is at as uh, he is going to be leading this class on expository preaching. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good one. And then I've got a um, systematic theology class with uh, Owen Strand on Tuesdays, um, which is going to be Prolegomena and the Doctrine of the Word. That's going to be a good class, too. I'm looking forward to that. So that's what's going to keep me busy for spring semester. also have uh, um, things coming up. I've got uh, the first weekend in February, I have the Winter Retreat up at Camp Upmost. I will be a cabin counselor again this year um, with a cabin full of junior high and high school kids. I don't know 
who I'm going to have in my cabin yet. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, I've got some young people that I hope are going um, that are going to try to go, but I haven't heard a firm commitment from any of them. Um, but yeah, I have, I've actually been doing this long enough that there are young people who ask for my cabin, which I appreciate. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Put me in squirrel's cabin. So that, that's coming up the first weekend in February. And then we got shepherd's conference in March. So getting ready to head to California in just a few weeks for, uh, for shepherd's conference. I'm looking forward to that because I, uh, see so many good friends when I go down there. Um, it's always a good time to hang out with Dave Caldwell and Fred Butler, and Phil Johnson, and, 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 uh, and just all my friends down there. Uh, it, it's always, always a good time. Um, not only friends at Grace Church, but friends from around the country who come to Shepherd's Conference that I have gotten to know. Um, so I'm very much excited to be heading down for Shepherd's Conference. And uh, so, yeah, I got a busy spring coming up. Uh, um, but hopefully it'll be warmer than it is today. As it's 15 below kind of sucks. <laughs> The furnace ran all night. It's running right now. I, I can hear it. Um, I don't think the microphone's picking it up, but I sure hear it as uh, it's been running almost nonstop uh, for the last couple of days. Glad we just got a propane fill because we're going through it, I'm sure. <laughs> Keeping the place toasty warm. Um, with the door shut and the computer running and everything it's about 72 here at my desk uh, that that is much higher than the thermostat in the hallway is set for but uh, this room warms up pretty quick when I close the door because of the computer and everything that heats it up but uh, when I open the door the temperature will drop back down to something a bit more reasonable um, although it is set higher than Jimmy Carter's set your thermostat at 65. He was our first environmentalist president. 55 mile an hour speed limits and set your thermostat at 65. He, uh, it was really funny. I remember when that happened and he did that decree and he ordered the White House thermostat set at 65. Well, the White House HVAC system is set to maintain a temperature at the set point. So when he set it at 65, it was kicking back and forth between heat and air conditioning to keep it at 65, which was what it was doing when it was set at 70 too. I mean, it's just, it's, it's part of the way that system was designed to maintain a constant temperature. It alternates between heating and air conditioning. It's always running. <laughs> we do not have that set up here at Squirrel Manor. I think the only air conditioning we have is window units. Um, so that's, we survived the summer. But right now, it's, the thoughts of air conditioning are far, far, far away outside any contemplation we might have today. All right, let us um, recite together the, our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the colic for the second Sunday of Epiphany, which was yesterday. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine in the radiance of Christ's glory, 
that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Then the colic for the renewal of life. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Monday, the 15th day of January. I hope you have a pleasant start to your work week. Thanks for being with us. Remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. And whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Stay warm out there. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.